Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Taryn Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am here with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hello. I don't know what's wrong with me. I almost said our names backwards. It's like your name was my name and my name. It's okay. I don't know what's wrong with me today, guys. Sorry. Sorry. That's where we're at today. But anyways, today is another installment of our Serial Killer Summer series, as you can see by the title. But before we get into that, if you are new here and you'd like to hang out with us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the handle at Three Spooked Girls. And we also have a Facebook group that is Three Spooked Girls Official. We do book club. We do announcements, all kinds of fun stuff over there. Definitely like the home base for our little community we got going on. So head over there, head over there. And if you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls for as little as a dollar. You get one bonus episode a month. Five and up gets ad free episodes a day early video content. We do live streams. We're going to get back to that. Summer's been crazy. (laughs) And swag's coming back. There's all kinds of stuff over there if you'd like to support our little spooky and true crime endeavors. And yeah, that's really all I got. And oh, it's actually me. It is me kicking it off. I was about to be like, here, Jessica, you do my part that I research. It's fine. <laughs> We're going to play by We're going to totally play this by ear, guys. She's just going to guess. It's fine. Okay. So today's serial killer is Jack Untenvager, I think. I'm going to avoid saying his last name because I keep saying it like five different ways. Anyways, so... Jack is what he went by, but his birth name was Johan, and he was born on August 16th, 1950, to uh, Teresia Untenweger in Austria. Now, she had Jack out of wedlock. It was rumored to be with a man named Jack Becker, who was an American service member who she met in Italy. A lot of this stuff will be according to Jack, just FYI ahead of time. Jack... Senior was not involved in his son's life at all. And yeah, he just kind of like had his fun with his mom and bounced. So Jack's mom was listed as being a sex worker, waitress, and barmaid. And she did have a tendency to get in trouble with the law. In fact, she went to jail for a period of time for fraud when she was pregnant with Jack. 
she had Jack when she got out. And then shortly after that, once he was three, she ended up going back to jail for these activities again. And Jack was sent to live with his grandparents. And his grandpa was not the nicest man, to say the least. He was an abusive alcoholic. Their home was described as an isolated hut where they lived. And this is where Jack would stay for until he turned about like seven or eight. And the room, like the home environment, the hut, house, what have you, had only one room. And even though it says that he had like a wife that was like Jack's step grandma or whatever, grandpa would bring in girlfriends and sex workers and all of this shit. And Jack would be like right there when things were going on. Ew. Yeah. So not not a good home environment whatsoever. There's also a mention of an aunt who was kind of in this family unit, and she was a sex worker who was murdered by one of her clients. But again, like I said, that's according to Jack. And some family came out after and said that he made a lot of this up, that his aunt didn't die that way, the grandfather wasn't abusive, and things like that. But it's like, well, I don't know. Something's a bit fishy. Yeah, that's how I felt too. And Jack began drinking at the age of five. He tried schnapps for the first time at this young age. And then around six and seven, he would steal farm animals with his grandpa. And kind of makes sense because of his, you know, the environment he's grown up in. He was known to have a horrible temper, a bad attitude, and had a lot of truancy issues with school. And then, like I said, he was removed from this home at age seven, and he was actually put into a foster home. He was taken into state care. And during all of these years in his youth, he would bounce around from foster home to foster home. Now, moving into his teen years, he started getting into more trouble. He took a job. He became a pimp, basically. And the first time he would be arrested was at the age of 16. And this was for assaulting a sex worker that he was the, quote, boss of. And he would be in and out of jail a lot during his youth. And it'd be various crimes, sexual assault, assault, and robbery. And by the time he was 24, he had been arrested 15 times. That's wow, a lot. that's a lot. Yeah. 15 times over the span of what, eight years? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. And Jack would also travel through, he'd go, he'd bounce around between Austria, Switzerland, and Germany. They're very close. Yes. And speaking of Germany, in December of 1974, he was driving through West Germany with his girlfriend, and they saw this girl named Margaret Schaefer. She was walking home, and this was someone that Jack's girlfriend knew, so they pulled over and offered her a ride. Of course, this wasn't them being nice. They had ulterior motives. So the plan was they were going to rob Margaret and Margaret's parents. But Jack was like, no, 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 that's not enough. So trigger warning, because this is kind of like bad. So after they picked up Margaret, he drove to a wooded area that was just outside of town. And once they got there and parked, he would take her out of the car and he sexually assaulted her with a steel rod and then strangled her with the straps of her bra. 
Yeah. And Jack's girlfriend decided the next day, fuck this, and went and told the police everything. So he, of course, would be arrested for this and charged with Margaret's murder. And during his trial, he said that at the moment of killing, he had seen his mother's face instead of Margaret's face. Oh, shit. And he just went into this blind rage because his mother had abandoned him and he just had, you know, like he hated her. So that's why he began to strangle her with the bra, which I was like, cool. But like, what's your excuse for sexually assaulting her with the fucking pipe? Well, I think he did that first. I think he's just. No, no, he didn't kill her first. He's he. No, no, I, I was her. like, he's just crazy. That's what, yeah, I'm I'm being like an asshole basically <laughs> cool story What's i don't fucking believe to? you <laughs> yeah exactly so at the age of 24 he was sentenced to life in prison at stein prison and during his imprisonment there the austrian government had this re-socialization program all over the country and basically they were claiming that like even the worst criminals could be rehabilitated and turned back into contributing members of society a nazi cover-up wait mm. what no i didn't what? do that what, what? Uh, so while in prison jack decided that you know he wanted to make a change with his life prior to this as you won't be surprised he was illiterate because obviously he like never went to school or anything really and he decided he was going to hone in on these skills. So he learned to read, learned to write, and he started reading a ton. And then he started writing a ton as well. And he wrote tons of works. He wrote poems, short stories, kids books, kids stories, plays, and a novel that was his autobiography. So his one book, Terminal Prison, actually won a literary prize. So he you know, became a good writer, like, even though he's a horrible piece of shit. And then his autobiography, Purgatory, is actually kind of what caught everyone's attention, because when that book came out, it instantly became a bestseller. It climbed the charts. It was doing very, very successful, so much so that he was given a movie deal for it. And that happened in 1989. And I just thought it was weird, too. And it made me think of Ed Kemper with his like narrating books. So Jack's children's stories, they broadcast it on the radio all the time, everywhere. I was like, that's weird, but okay. And so the book and then the movie, they again brought even more attention to him. And he started getting support. Kind of y'all think like, obviously this is different because they're innocent and he is not. But basically what I was thinking of when I was researching this is how celebrities got involved with the West Memphis Three. Mm -hmm. So celebrities and people with like high power, someone who was like a Nobel Peace Prize winner got involved and was like on Team Jack. They're like, look, he's rehabilitated. This program works. He should be let out. Blah, blah, blah. And this advocacy worked because he was paroled after serving 15 years in prison. And so that would put him a free man in May of 1990. And upon his release, he pretty much he became a celebrity. He was on a ton of magazine covers. And just two weeks after he got out, he was on Club Two, which was like a TV talk show. Mm hmm. 
and they were talking about like prison reform and stuff like that. And then he became an investigative journalist. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. When I read that, I was like, of course, Austria. Of course. Right. Now, less than four months after his release, he was taking a trip to Prague and he was doing research on an article he was doing on the red light district. And while he was there on September 14th, 1990, he picked up a sex worker named Blanca Bokova and he ended up strangling her and stabbing her and left her body in a brook near the river that was right there in that area. And did he stop? No. He murdered seven more sex workers there in 1990. So they were, and I apologize because I know I'm going to say a lot of these probably not correctly. Brunhilde Masser, age 39. Heidi Hammerer, age 31. Elfried, age 35. Sylvia, age 23. Sabine, age 25. Karen, age 25. Regina, age 32. This was all within the first year of him being released. So much for that fucking reform. And he had pretty much the same MO as his first two victims. You know, he would strangle them with their bras. So gross. Okay. So obviously the police were finding all these bodies, but nobody, nobody was like thinking at the moment that it was Jack here. But in fact, he actually was considered the quote, preferred crime journalist in Austria. So he actually was covering these crimes he was committing. It actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like a really good way to keep people off your trail is to report fake information. Mm-hmm. And since this was his job, he interviewed the police chief about this and, you know, found out what they knew, what was going on, things like that. And in his articles, he even criticized law enforcement for how they were responding to this. And obviously he knew it was basically just a bunch of bullshit because he's like, yay, you guys have no fucking clue that it's me. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> you dumbasses. Like, that's pretty much how, you laugh, know what I mean? But it's like... <laughs> I know, when I read that, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Ugh. However, however, there was someone that picked up on his bullshit. And this was retired detective August Schenner from Salzburg. And he had actually been at the trial for the murder of Margaret, his first victim. And so he kind of started whispering into police ears and he's like, hey, you should probably look at Jack because this ammo with all of these women matches Margaret. Minus, obviously, I don't believe Margaret was a sex worker. It didn't say not that that matters, but the fact that, you know, strangled with a bra and things like that. So police began investigating and Jack ended up going on a trip. He would go to Los Angeles and we mentioned this in the, I believe the serial killer ghost episode he stayed at the cecil hotel that he did yes and now i'm gonna hand it to just for the rest of this tea on what's going on okay so he would in fact go and stay at the cecil hotel and he was investigating the terrible conditions suffered by american sex workers they used a different word but i'm gonna still say sex workers Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And while he was there, he did a ride-along with the LAPD. Yeah. Like, full-on ride-along with LAPD. 
And basically, he was going to investigate the dark side of the city and how basically Hollywood had a dark history, kind of like Austria and Germany. So, yeah, he spent a lot of time at the LAPD headquarters. And he was he was in Los Angeles for five weeks. And while he was there, three sex workers would go missing and then be found strangled by their bras. Mm-hmm. People were like, holy shit, there's like these dead sex workers. And I don't know if like maybe Jack had kind of been like tipped them off or how they found out. But basically it was kind of like, both sides of the Atlantic Ocean realize that there there's a possibility that this dude might be the guy. Mm-hmm. And he decided to flee. So he would flee. He would leave the United States and go to Switzerland because, you know, extraditing laws. And then he would eventually make his way to Paris. And he would come back to the U.S. to stay in Miami. Before we move on, I wanted to mention his victims in L.A. Mm-hmm. Shannon Exley, who was 35, Irene Rodriguez, who was 33, and Peggy Jean Booth, who was 26. She also went by the name of Sherry Ann Long. When the police in LA were like investigating into him, they would find maps that he left behind. And mm-hmm. I believe they were like indicated the bad areas, which made sense. And then when they found the business cards of the LAPD officers, they were like, well, what was he doing? And they were like, well, we were talking mm-hmm. about like the sex workers here in LA. And so basically, the LAPD served him victims. Yeah. Because they took him right to where they were. Yeah. And probably told him. And, and, and in no way am I blaming the LAPD for this. I want to say this. No, because they thought they were just... Talking, talking with an investigative reporter. journalist. Yeah, right. exactly. They thought they were doing a really good thing. I wanted to come out and say that because I mm-hmm. realized like it sounded like I was being a little harsh. But like the truth is, is that like they unknowingly participated in basically helping a serial killer track down victims. And mm-hmm. that must have been even harder for those officers to be like, shit. Mm-hmm. I, know, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, like I fucking was with this dude like two weeks ago. That's probably what was going through their head. So basically the two countries or the two law enforcement's connected through Interpol and mm. they kind of figured it out. And then that's also when they realized that there were similar cases in Prague. Mm-hmm. So when he went back to Miami, he was there and he was with like a young woman who was his fiance. And some people say that she was like younger than him. And some people say that she was like teen. So like 18, 19. Yeah, I was going to say, I read she was 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's, like, really young. And they basically were, like, they were trying to get him to, like, extradite him back to Austria, which if that was the case, he should have stayed in fucking Switzerland. hmm But he was in Miami. And how, <laughs> how the FBI caught him is, like, literally my favorite way that the police have ever caught anyone. <laughs> Better than BTK? This is like, is this up there? It's up there. It's up there. So basically, they were like, it's this dude. They had found his like car. They had found all of this mm-hmm. stuff. They were like, they were pretty sure it's Jack. Yeah. DNA basically was found in his car that he abandoned in Paris. And it was like a hair from one of the victims in Prague. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, okay, it's this guy. Where is he? They find him in Miami. They're like, what do we do? I know. We're going to say 
that we are going to interview him for Success Magazine. And that we are going to pay him $10,000 for his payment or for his interview. And he definitely thought he was going to sit down and talk to a reporter about how great he was and all this shit. And dude walked into a room full of U.S. Marshals. Good. And he absolutely loved the attention he got. Of course he did. He was so like, oh, my God, they think I'm this killer. And like, not me, not Jack. Jesus Christ. And when they extradited him, they took him back to Graz, Austria, which is located in the province of Styria. Mm -hmm. And I know this because I've been there. (laughs) <laughs> went to Graz. My mm-hmm. when I went in high school, I went to Austria on an exchange program and actually lived for three weeks in in Graz. Crazy. It's also when I was there. It was like when Arnold was first like running for governor, mm-hmm. and because all of the allegations of his like sexual misconduct were coming out, the Austrian people were like, "Fuck this dude," and they took down his name off the soccer stadium. Wow. They were like, "No fucking Arnold." <laughs> also, they were the cultural capital of the world. And mm. so they had all these like fun. It was kind of fun. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> but anyway, so they, they took him back. And the weird thing was the people, like the socialites, the elitists, the Austrian elitists who were like, he could be rehabilitated, didn't fucking believe that he did this. They like found hairs. He was in all of the places. They were like, no, he's reformed. And we're basically trying to give like a conspiracy that like somebody is copy, like somebody's following him and copycatting his murders. Oh my God. This is why we don't let elitists run countries. <laughs> Short sighted. Mm-hmm. I say this as of yes, and as yesterday, I was like, I'm going to say something that's going to sound very elitist. <laughs> <laughs> I said that like four times last night. But yeah, they basically were like, he's not, there's no way he's guilty. Then basically he went to trial in Graz. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Like he had zero alibis and he was in all of the places. There was DNA found in his car. And so they just basically, like, it was one of those things where it's like they couldn't not find him guilty. Right. Like, if he had had, like, one of the murders, if he had had, like, a backup alibi, Mm. maybe, like, time was off. But he had zero for (laughs) all of them. For, like, all the murders. Sucks to suck. Right? Like, don't kill people, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. But you also got to have a homie who's an alibi. (laughs) So he was found guilty. And he was convicted on June 29th of 1994. And he said, I can't bear going back into a cell. And he was correct. Because when he went back in, he took the strings from his jumpsuit out Mm -hmm. and hung himself. Mm -hmm. Fucking coward. In his cell. And, you know, the, the elitist were like, oh my gosh, we totally thought he was innocent and we were so wrong. I'm not going to say it. Like, I love the Austrian people. It's a beautiful country. But I mean, I think they've just historically blindly thought the best in people and it's bitten them in the ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hitler was born there. <laughs> also, some very wonderful people have been born there, like Mozart, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> to promote the tourism to Graz, Austria, or to Austria, <laughs> if you have an opportunity, go. It's be- It's fucking beautiful. 
and I was in there in the winter, so it was like we got mm-hmm. I got to go see like the Alps nice. with snow. So it was like that's awesome. Wonderful. I also went to many of the places in the Sound of Music. Yeah. I've drunk ridden the horses in that fountain. (laughs) (laughs) This is why, like, Europeans hate Uh, Americans. is because it's, like, this beautiful, like, centuries-old fountain with, like, so much (laughs) history. And it's just beautiful. And I'm, like, 16 and drunk off of too much rock star and vodka. And I'm like, watch me ride the horsey. This is why this is why Europeans straight hate Americans. <laughs> They're like, mm, you guys are not good peeps. Oh man! <laughs> wow. So yeah, yeah. So Jack is no more. Mm-mm. He didn't make it very far past his conviction date. Yeah, and I didn't know anything about him, but I do. I, it's not that I like that he was, but I feel like the Cecil Hotel comes up enough in our life that we're like, mm-hmm. ooh, another one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that wasn't stink breath. So, you know, a different one. Right. Yeah, I agree. It was interesting to learn about it for sure. I didn't know about him at all. Mm-mm. Like I knew his name because, like you said, anytime we talked about Cecil, they were like, he stayed there too. And we're like, okay, cool. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know you. <laughs> yes, but now we do. So that is going to go ahead and wrap us up for today. Thank you all for listening. And we will be back on Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye.